Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a real fun one for you today, uh, sort of taking a step back from the blues news as a whole, and we're going to cover a lot more league-wide uh, league-wide news. So we're going to get into Doc Emmerich retiring and his illustrious career, and we're going to get into uh, my picks for some of the winners and losers of the of the offseason so far, and Tommy and I will have a, have a nice fun argument about that, I am sure. And we're going to touch on uh, we're going to touch on some of the biggest losers in the league as they stated today. But you're going to have to stick around to see who we're talking Ooh. about. Ooh, yeah, you're definitely going to have to stick around. That's going to be a fun topic. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> but before we get into that, I do want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, so first things first, Tommy. Um, it was, this was announced this Monday, so yesterday. Uh, after 47 years, Mike... Doc Emmerich is stepping away from the broadcasting booth at the age of 74. Um, this kind of took me by surprise. I don't, I, I love Doc. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like without him. Yeah. That's what it comes down to really is like, I mean, we talked, we've talked about in the past episodes, like how this blues team is searching for, uh, an identity with their assistant captains out, um, and losing Alex Petrangelo as captain. When you think of the identity of hockey and just the sounds of hockey, you think of the skates, you think of pucks hitting the boards, you think of the chirps and you think of Doc Emmerich's voice over the loudspeakers, um, or coming through your TV. Uh, it, it's just kind of embedded into the sport. You know Like when you think hockey, you, you think of Doc Emmerich and the fact that, He's not going to be around anymore calling games. It's just going to it's going to feel strange almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head that he's he's just kind of been such a staple in uh, in hockey. And just looking at some of the numbers here, uh, he's covered the Stanley Cup final twenty two different times. So he has covered twenty two different Stanley Cup finals, and that's not even my favorite stat. My favorite stat from all of this is throughout his career, he has covered forty five Stanley Cup playoff game sevens. I mean, you talk about consistency in the workplace. Yeah. yeah. Here's a spitting image of it right here. I mean, we talk about at the top of his class for as long as he can remember. Yeah, we talk about like you know watching three game sevens over the last two years uh, with the Blues and and how much how much it took out of us to to um, put our full attention into that for an hour. Should I be in Doc Emmerich? He's done it 45 times over the last 45 years. That's oh my god. That's another thing too is like every time you like listen to interviews after the Stanley Cup, every single player who like grinds it out for the entire season and like their entire career has built up to this like crowning achievement on their career, every time you ask them to try and put it into words, they can never like they're speechless, you know? And yeah, Doc Emmerich is the guy that puts that. it into words as mm-hmm. it's happening, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And he does it he does it so, so well. Effortlessly. Yeah, exactly. It's going right, to so be fun to see who does it. Who comes what's up your next favorite? What's your favorite uh, Doc-ism? I, I like, Doc-ism? I like 
Yeah. I like waffle boarded. Waffle boarded? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the coolest one, in my yeah, opinion. Sashade is a close one. second. <laughs> Sashade is five. Yeah. Oh, man. He has some good ones. Yeah, he um, does. I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they fill his shoes. Looking to see maybe a new revamped product. Um, luckily, he is still going to be working with NBC Sports doing some video essays. So that's going to be really cool, I think. Um, He's but, just going to come out. It's like, it's like Santa Claus. He's going to come out like once a year and do like one of those mic drops and be like, Oh my God! Here he is. And he's gonna just do like a you know voiceover. Like yeah, hey, that's what I'm saying. Just some, just some nasty voiceover of like, maybe they like save it for like every time like the playoffs are about to start, and he does like the like oh, these teams have fought for over however many games now, and like he does like the oh my like the what build is, up with the cinematics like? and wait, the wait, shit. Wait, 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 I don't want to I don't want to do. I don't want to do it again. He's no. kind of like nasally though, and he sounds like. Uh, I don't know. He's definitely got like the older, like almost like a fifties or like twenties old timey radio radio announcer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He reminds me a lot of Vince Scully, and I feel Hmm. like his importance to the sport is kind of the same, same level. Yeah, yeah. All right. So in my in doing my research, I know we talked about this a little bit before, but I do want to share this with everyone at home. Um, In doing my research for this segment. I discovered maybe the most fun fact of all fun facts, and is that that the Doc part of Doc Emmerich is no coincidence. It's no, it's no casual nickname. No, Doc Emmerich is actually a doctor of of what is it broadcast, uh, broadcast information or something like information yeah, broadcast communication. Yeah, like he that. is Broadcast he is a doctor of calling hockey games. He graduated. He, he, got, <laughs> yeah. he got a PhD in, in broadcasting uh, from Bowling Green. And and that and that is why he is called Doc. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard yeah. in my life. I ne- I didn't even know that you could be a doctor of broadcasting or broadcast communication or anything. But just uh, it just blows my mind. And if anyone <laughs> could be a doctor of broadcasting anything, it would probably be Doc Emmerich. So it's very fitting. Yeah, I mean it's weird because you don't think about like going to school for something like that just because he has such like the natural ability when it comes to calling games, but. He's, I guess, he's a product of uh, of uh, seven years of hard hard schooling. And even if you don't just take away like take away the whole aspect of broadcasting hockey games, like dude's got a vocabulary that you just have to aspire towards, you know? Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. just just vast as the Grand Canyon. He pulls out words I haven't heard in like twenty years. I'm like, wow. This is a man of culture. <laughs> we love it. We love it. All right, moving on from that. I know it is sad to lose Doc uh, this off season. Uh, who, speaking of losing this off season, who, who are your, in your opinion, the biggest losers around the NHL? Oh my God, biggest losers! I don't even biggest know. biggest losers. Give me yours first, because I had the winners on my mind, but I got I got to come up with some losers now. All I right. feel like Boston did gain or lost a lot and didn't really gain much. Mm-hmm. Boston would so, be a good choice. So um, that's got to be up there. Sticking closer to home, I think this gives me great pride to say that one of the biggest, if not the biggest loser of the offseason, Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, you look at you look at the names they've added, Nikita Zadorov, depth piece, Matthias Yanmark, Lucas Walmark, maybe AHL, Pius, Pius Suter, I've never even heard of that person. <laughs> Wyatt Kal- Kalinick. I don't know who that is. Anton Lindholm. That's like a combination of two good players. Yep. Um, yep. And Brandon Peary. I've heard of him. Um, so in terms of the seven players they've added, I've heard of like three of them, which is yep. good. Uh, players lost. Oli Mata. Brandon Saad. They once again lost a Brandon Saad trade. 
Corey Crawford, Dylan Sakura, Drake Kajula, Slater Kukuk, Dennis Gilbert, and Dylan Strom is still t- to be determined. So this offseason could get even worse for them. Um, I don't understand what they've been thinking so far. Uh, yeah, for me, it's kind of it's, – it's weird for me because it seems like they were all in last season on being like a playoff team and like, oh, like we're going to go win the Stanley Cup and stuff. And now it's just like a vast kind of change of pace for them. And they're like, I think they came out with a statement today that was basically admitting like, yeah, hey, fans, stick with us. But we have to rebuild because our window's not open right now and we need the young dudes to come up. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like they maybe should have addressed the fact that they were rebuilding sooner instead of like pushing it off for as long as possible. Um, but I guess better late than never. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, I think, I think this is deserves a, a big uh, unpacking this topic. I want to get into that statement and everything else surrounding kind of their off season, as well as the other teams that have suffered this off season. But before we do, I want to tell everybody about our friends over at RockAuto.com. with the ever increasing number of makes and models. It is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why would you want to endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the cattleman orders the parts to his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry when you have computers and phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why send up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now so they know that we sent you uh, right locked on in there. Uh, how did you hear about Spock's video we sent you? Sorry. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Tommy. And I know you know about Built Bar. We've talked about Built Bar plenty, but do you know about Built Go? I've heard I've heard of Built Go. Uh, well, uh, I, have, I haven't gotten it. the chance to use it I'm yet, tell but you all it sounds about it. fantastic. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. It's all about breaking through your wall, whether that be a mental or literally a physical wall. You can break through anything with Built Go every single day. Easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages, so they're small. They're easy to they're, they're portable. Put it in your briefcase if you've got a big presentation after lunch. Put it in your golf bag if you got a, if you you got a tough black back nine to power through, or just put it in your pocket throughout your day. You're running some errands. You're getting a little tired. Just pound one down. Easy. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's 500 energy without the crash, so it's natural and it is better for your body. It's like drinking a Monster Energy drink with only a third of the caffeine and much better results. And the best part is you got three delicious flavors: peanut butter, honey, which sounds oh so delicious, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. So you're drinking and dessert and it's getting you pumped up and ready to go and how does it work so well you may ask well bilco combines energy gel with collagen protein and collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into your system fast plus it's easy on your stomach it's filled with good stuff to help ignite your work like beta alanine honey vitamin b3 and just a little bit of caffeine uh, and then it kicks in to help keep your day going strong even more. You got vitamin B6, B12, over 10,000% of your daily vitamin percentages. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, Tommy, did you say you had that uh, that statement from the Blackhawks pulled up? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, let me see. All right, here. All right let's see what you got for us. 
because they they oh I, they've God. had a little bit of a rocky off season. I know um, they've made some moves, and then their their core has been uh, openly against those moves. And I guess today they sort of came out with a statement um, explaining themselves to the fans and maybe a little to a lesser extent the players. But it's it's a, it's an interesting one uh, watching the Blackhawks kind of implode. Yeah, it is. It is. It is very interesting. Very interesting. Like you said, too, that uh, Patrick Kane and uh, Jonathan Taze were like, I don't know how we feel about this, like publicly. Um, But it is a little bit lengthy. So I'll try to summarize it as best as possible. But they they open up with uh, a message to Blackhawks fans. So you can already tell this is going to be good. It's in public relations font. so they said, we recently said goodbye to a pair of popular two-time champions and acquired some new players via trade and free agency. We understand it was tough to see those respected veterans go and realize you may have some questions about our direction. We'd like to address that direction and share why we're hopeful for the future of Blackhawks hockey. We were already the youngest team in the 2020 playoffs and several Blackhawks experienced that intensity for their first time. This will help is to that, further establish... A culture that impresses. I think so. Huh. I think they were. Interesting. If not, they it was close. Um, This will help to further establish a culture that embraces the grind of improvement driven by competitors who are relentless, engaged, and motivated by a team-first mentality to win. As our young players develop and learn how to win consistently, they'll make some mistakes. Inevitably... We'll miss the mark sometimes too, but we'll communicate openly with you on this journey together. We know that what comes next must be more than just words, and that inspires us. Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I, they also said know. we want more we'll than another it. window to win. We want to reach the summit again and stay there, an effort that will require a stockpile of emerging talent to complement our top players. The influx of youth and their progression will provide roster flexibility and depth through our lineup. So basically they're saying we're selling the farm on all the vets and banking on our young guys to get us to the promised land. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think I think it's one of those things where they're kind of, kind of trying to cover their tracks. Um, obviously you had a huge controversy, at least in hockey terms, a few weeks ago with your own stars coming out and – pretty much saying, I don't understand why this team is making the moves that they're making. Um, I did not know that we were rebuilding. This is a shock to me. It, not something you'd ever see out of out of a hockey environment. Um, yeah. I, I've never seen star players criticize management multiple times over. Like three consistently uh, members of the Blackhawks core were, were spoken, de- spoken negatively of it. Um, so it kind of seems like there might be a conflict of interest. Maybe someone in the organization wants to rebuild. Someone was kind of leaning towards uh, staying, staying with the with the team and, and competing one more year. And I guess the, there's a little bit of a lack of a communication there. But uh, next right. thing you well, know, they're they're selling the farm. So. I think the I think the problem is too is if you're taking a look at players like Taze and Kane who are like what in their 30s now and like obviously like they're both extremely talented and and they could play in this league probably until they're 40 um Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're choosing to rebuild now and it honestly feels to me like they waited a little bit too long to address the fact that like hey we need to rebuild um that wouldn't sit right with me either just because like uh, like you've only got so much time in the nhl especially left for them um so to kind of have 
a certain amount of years where you're just like sitting in limbo being like, okay, well, like we've done all we can do. Like we just have to see how our prospects like pan out. Like that, that probably wouldn't sit well with me either, especially with a group that's so used to winning as much as it pains me to say <laughs> uh, like this Blackhawks team. So in that core specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would definitely agree that it, it's, it's gotta be a tough situation for the, the, those core members of the Blackhawks. But like you said, they're very used to winning and this isn't out of the ordinary for teams to do. Um, we've kind of seen it out of like San Jose this past year, uh, just taking a huge, huge drop off. Um, but uh, if it wasn't communicated properly throughout the organization, that's a completely different issue. Um, Because I don't think that the Blackhawks players necessarily had issues with the fact that they were rebuilding. It's just that they kind of went into the offseason expecting to compete again next year and then wake up, check their phone, and Corey Crawford's gone, Brandon Saad's gone, and they're like, wait a minute, what the heck? We're going to suck next year. I didn't want this. That's true. It probably should have been communicated what was going on before. Before right. the off season, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, on the other hand, I know you said you were talking about the biggest winners, and right off the bat, to me, as much as as much as I doubt that this is this will be much more than an on paper win, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs have had an absolutely spectacular off season. Um, they tr- lost Tyson Berry, uh, which sucks because then they definitely lost the Nazem Kadri shape, but then they replaced him with a similar defenseman that fits what they need much, much better in TJ Brody. Uh, and then they added some grit in Wayne Simmons, added a backup goalie in Aaron Dell, added some more grit in Zach Bogosian, and then c- come out and made maybe the most underrating signing of the offseason and added Joe Thornton to a one-year deal. Yeah, dude. And honestly, I think I get like all the memes and everyone talking about Joe Thornton, like wanting to win a Stanley Cup. And then he goes to uh, kind of like the joke of the league at this point in terms of like a, a cup drought in the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, but if you if you look at that lineup and I think I think I saw on Twitter, there was like an advanced stat that said like 95 percent of uh joe thornton's assists came as primary assists directly to the shooter and if you look at that uh toronto maple leafs lineup all they have are a fuck are a ton of shooters so and this could honestly be like a match made in heaven for him and for the Leafs as well so yep and um the not not, not to take away from the thornton's but that tj brody signing is probably Huge. the best signing of the offseason yeah. um all around for any team just in terms of fit and filling that need. Um, TJ Brody is exactly what the Maple Leafs have been lacking lately. Um, and sort of as are Thornton and Wayne Simmons as well. So again, with Toronto, we know it's all about on paper and results are very, very different, but they're bringing in some veteran leadership. They're bringing in some, some more solid defensive players and, Hey, who knows? Uh, that that Atlantic's going to be going to be pretty tough next year. Cause you look at a team like, you know, Boston who, Lost a lot and added Craig Smith and Greg McKegg. Not the best, not the best uh, offseason for them. So it could be, it could be a decent year for Toronto to compete with Tampa for that number one spot in the division. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think the Brody deal too. Like a lot of, obviously, a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans were gung ho on getting Alex Petrangelo. But I mean, you, you get Brody, who I feel like is a good fit for their system, and you get him at a cheaper price, so you're not like cap locked for the next however seven years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like that's a win in their book as well. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I tell you what, we are getting close to the end of this episode. So let's take one more short break and we will come back and wrap it up with a few more thoughts around the league. All 
All right. So we talked about Chicago. We talked about Toronto uh, a little bit. Let's see. Who, who, I what got else a question you for you, Josh. You got a question for me. Yeah. yeah. Who, do, who wins the Central Division this year? Who wins the Central Division this year? That's a really good question. Because um, I think the Blues still have that, like, that veteran leadership and, like, the fact that they've been there and the talent. But the fact that Petrangelo's not there anymore, I feel like they could kind of stumble a little bit. I really think Colorado. I think Colorado. Is I mean, they, they absolutely added, disgusting. <laughs> they added Brandon Saad, um, yeah. and they added a lot more depth pieces. Um, only lost out on like Nemesnikov, Nieto. Colin they got Wilson. Taze too. Uh, he's a, a RFA. So assuming they they do right, sign yeah, him, yeah, yeah, they got Taves, and then I'm sure they will. Tyson Joe's coming back as well. Um, Dallas had a average off season. Um, I I could see, I think it kind of just depends on whether or not they can find that magic from last uh, this past year. They could obviously compete. They're a really good team. They could win the division. They could finish in a wild card spot. I think it really just depends on a lot of factors there. Minnesota. It didn't quite do enough for me. Um, they, I think they lost a lot more than they, they gained. They lost Stahl, Dubnik, Kunin, Koivu, uh, Galchenyuk. Wait, why does it say Galchenyuk? Was Galchenyuk on the wild? I think so. Huh. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they had a good enough offseason to really take that next step that we've been talking about. Uh, Nashville, same sort of thing. Um, I think they lost... A little bit more than they gained. They lost Craig Smith. They lost Mikel Granlund, uh, and they lost Nick Benino, as well as Austin Watson. So, same same thing there. I think it's going to be a toss up. I really do. It's going to be um, a lot closer than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I think. I, I think mean, Winnipeg Win- got better Winnipeg, too with Paul Stastny going back. Honestly, I could see it being any of Winnipeg, St. Louis, Nashville, Minnesota. Dallas, Colorado, to be honest. The only team that I can't see making a push is Chicago after that offseason that they had. Right. But I think I think spots one through six are going to be very, very volatile for, for a majority of the season. I think we're going to see a lot of movement. I think it's going to be a really, really fun division. And, and I don't think it's going to quite be the Thunderdome of years past where you just have like three teams at the top being the t- three of the top five teams in the league. I think it's going to be six of the seven teams are top like 15 teams in the league. And it's going to be, it's going to be a battle every single night for, for points. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Do you think Q Dobin's the, the real deal? I think he's going to be their starter now. Bring him back? That's a good question. Because that feels a lot like the whole Bennington ordeal, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think he showed flashes of brilliance, but his career has also been so long that I feel like the expectation would be for for him to be sort of revert back to his norm, which isn't a bad goalie by any means, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to be able to be that potential Conn Smythe candidate for the entire uh, regular season. Granted, goalies are weird, so I don't feel, feel comfortable making any sort of assertive prediction on this. It does feel too kind of like as goalies age, they get like less weird and more calm, and just because they've been around the way, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like Pekarene, I think was like was like 36, and he was like all star and like locking it down. And obviously, like he's kind of struggled in years past since then, but it is it is a strange kind of influx of like, and they come in and they're like. I don't even know. It's just like it is, they're just strange in general. 
Yeah, put goalies it, are to weird. Put it, to um, put it lightly. And honestly, looking at the central division, I think goaltending might be the the needle uh, that that kind of moves one direction or the other for a team. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think, other than Connor Hellybuck, and you could maybe biased say Jordan Binnington, I don't think there's a real consistent like team that has a goalie that that can carry them throughout a regular season um well now nashville's got that rookie too so right exactly that's scary so as well you don't, you don't i think you really don't know what to expect in terms of goaltending in the central um minnesota losing on losing dubnik and then bringing in cam talbot it, that for them, or that could be or that could just be a disaster colorado goaltending still a question mark for them yeah um st louis honestly goaltending is maybe a little bit more of a question mark than it was coming into the season Previously, I don't think they have any sort of an issue. And then Winnipeg with Hellybuck is probably the strongest, uh, right? Strongest bet. But they there. also have no defense, <laughs> right? So, but even then, so I think that the, these teams are really, really close, but also pretty separate in their various strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's uh, that's a that's, that's a good tough. yeah. That's something I didn't think about until now. The Central is going to be. Awful. It's gonna be it's gonna yeah be really yeah fun, it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be a tug of war fest stressful. all season long. Oh man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think uh, Vince Dunn is is a big a big question mark for the Blues. Mm-hmm. Bringing him back would definitely push them a little bit over the edge in terms of in terms of top of the top talent in the Central, and then Bennington and Huso being able to hold down um, uh, the starting and backup roles as well. And rather than kind of the one A one B thing we've seen out of St. Louis over the last five or so years, this, right, this yeah. might be the first time that we're kind of guaranteed with a consistent starter. But then you have John Gillies as well, and he's one of those guys that I feel like has kind of bounced around the NHL and AHL for long enough that let's put him in for fifteen games and see what he can do if need be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of options. I think this is kind of the biggest question mark that we've seen coming into a season in a while. Uh, I feel like it's, I feel exciting. like the Blues. I feel like if the Blues are going to take the division. Their biggest contender is going to be Colorado, and I feel mm-hmm. like they're also going to know that their biggest contender is Colorado. So I think, especially with the the depth they have in their system with prospects like Bowen Byram and all of them, and the young guy like Kale McCarr, and just the nasty players that they have at their disposal. I would not be surprised to see a Blackhawks rivalry with the Blues kind of take a back seat to the Colorado Avalanche rivalry with the Blues over these next couple of years. I don't want to be a ri- rivals with the, the Avalanche. They're fun. I, I know, dude. I like the Avalanche. But, like, if they're the team sitting between you and, like, the playoffs, like, if they mm. – if like, say we play them in the playoffs and they knock us out three out of, like, four years, that's going to piss me off. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to not see. like them anymore. I, like, they're fun to watch, and I got to give respect to them. But, first of all, Stan Kroenke, they can take a hot lap. And just besides that, like I said, like if they if they continually knock us out and keep us yep. from reaching the, reaching the mountaintop, I'm gonna be yep. peeved. Yeah, well, we'll cover all that here. We are getting to the end of today's episode, so thanks everyone so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy at T Welcher fifteen. 
Uh, go check out all the other Locked On shows across the network. they got plenty of great shows. Check out Locked On Golden Knights. If you want to hear about Petrangelo, go check out Locked On Bruins. If you want to hear what their thoughts on on crew, we got a great network here. You're missing Locked out on if Avalanche if you want to hear mm-hmm. their thoughts on the Central mm-hmm. Division. Mm-hmm. You're missing out if you're not listening to all the shows across the networks. Definitely yeah. give definitely give that a shot. I'm hitting um, every angle after- on the network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you are using so you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.